You're listening to Inside the Spud Goodman Radio Show. Let's get ready, Trumbo! And here he is, the head cheese meister. It's Spud Goodman. Greetings, and Ola. I am, in fact, Spud Goodman. <laughs> the Spud Man. <sighs> I'm laughing all the way to the bank. (laughs) Welcome one and all to another episode of Inside the Spud Goodman Radio Show podcast. On this one, we will be doing a full autopsy on episode 105, or better known as Gina's Family Tree episode. Uh, She was our former designated laugher before my Aunt Dorothy stepped in to fill her shoes. Uh, On this episode, Gina was in search of her family roots. I don't know if we actually helped her or hurt her effort at that time. Um, You know, that would be her call. But we did have a bunch of interesting people on this one. For instance, the late great Academy Award winning actor William Hurt. Yep, he came on our show. And we also had on, you know, on on this one, quite possibly the funniest dude on earth, as I have said many previous times, because he's been on the show a bunch. Probably maybe my all-time favorite guest, Mr. J.B. Smooth. If that's not enough, we also had on our resident psychic, Ted Marr, who also called in to, to give us his analysis on the sex lives of ghosts. And, yeah, and the musical guest on this one was Cloud Person. It, it was a really good episode. But before we get started, uh, let me, you know, introduce our staff who will be with me. First up is our current designated laugher, my Aunt Dorothy, uh, can you give us a state-of-the-art chuckle, if you would? Okay, here you go. <laughs> well, thank you for that rather pedestrian chuckle. You know, as I said, I was kind of hoping for a top-shelf chuckle, but, you know, hey, it'll do, I guess, you know. Well, you know. you know, Spud, I really get why the women in your life always voice their anger to me about never being able to please you. Here's a heads-up, Spud. That is a deal killer with women. Just saying. I think that this is your way of telling me something. Yeah, uh, yeah, okay. But you are my aunt, you know, not not a woman I'm sleeping with, but but I get where you're coming from. I, I am difficult to please at times. You know, I'll take your input under advisement. Now I need to acknowledge our show's temporary permanent co-host, uh, Gerald Holcomb. Uh, go ahead and say hello briefly so I can move on here. Uh, very well. Hello, everyone. I am. Joe. I already said hello to everyone at the, at the well, start of the show. There's no need to repeat my words. Say something original. You know, maybe just keep it the high. Just a simple high? Yeah. Really? Well, yeah. Okay. Well, that, that would not really allow me to fully express how excited I am to begin the episode of our podcast. You know, I was. No, no, you listening. know, that, that's well, well over your allotted amount of words to contribute to this well, thing. So let me now introduce our show's intern, Chance. For those uh, new listeners to our show, uh, Chance is allegedly supposed to be extremely popular. You know, not like Taylor Swift popular or anything, but I guess he's, you know, he's. Like by a few of our regular listeners, I still can't figure out why, but I will stipulate some people can, do like him. Can I say something now, Spud? You continue to minimize yeah, my ahead. presence on this little podcast, just like you did on our old radio show. I know the listeners who are familiar with you understand how insecure and humiliated you feel whenever I'm in the spotlight on your show. I don't want to gloat, but I don't know where your career would be. Now, if I hadn't decided to intern here after I enrolled in community college, I was told by our executive producer the ratings went up over 45% once I became a regular presence here. It's kind of stunning even to me to hear that. Look, alternative facts are not facts. Mm, I think there was a problem with with the math on those numbers. I I think it was really like 4 or 5%. It was just probably a typo, Uh, a simple typo. Well, Spud, I personally reviewed the rating sheet, and yes, my sweetie Chance was responsible for our rather large ratings increase. The listener data does not lie, like some people are inclined to do. Mrs. Jarvitz, I would never lie, and I do believe your fiancé, Chance, has had a positive impact, uh, you know, ratings-wise, on our old radio show, and for sure, this new podcast, but... 
I continue to also feel that my presence on the show has for years been underappreciated. My contributions seem to fly under the radar, so to speak. What are you objectifying on? Uh, yeah, th those contributions must be so under the radar. They're like miles underground, like subterranean. Uh, but just, just get, let me get this episode going now, okay? Don't throw me off. You know, and we're going to start off with the conversation in the studio, you know, back then and Gina's interest in finding out, you know, more about her family ancestry. Um, I think our highly talented Greek chorus, the folk singers in hell also chimed in. Uh, Dave, roll it. So I should now introduce our designated laugher, Gina. I'm glad you showed up for work. As I know, I could not do a radio show without you. I need what you do, okay? Can you imagine any host doing a radio show without someone like you? Well, I come to understand that a designated laugher is pretty much a must-have in the industry Absolutely. these days. I mean, to be honest, it's much more in demand than a generic co-host. Ooh, down Aww. goes the temporary co-host, Gerald Holcomb. Well, well, first, that's temporary permanent. And, and I must challenge that remark, Gina. Well, I mean, sure, no one wants dead air when a host says witty or funny things, but a co-host is often no, the not. only thing standing between total chaos and a successful show. The, to use a sports metaphor... I am the glue guy what? on the Spud Goodman show. No, no, show. don't go using the glue yeah. guy tag on yourself. Glue guys are what make good teams great. Hey, yeah. I mean, you are overestimating your impact here. <laughs> uh, a good glue guy is usually worth like an extra win or two during the season. You, sure. on the other hand, have done nothing to help us get to the next level. Well, well, I have to take responsibility for the show's current state in the radio industry. Why not? Now, that is unfair to say the least. Hey, I, I didn't want to start anything here, right. but I, I was wondering if I could put out a plea to anyone listening, either over the air or on the World Wide Web right now, because I need to find somebody. Uh, you want to do a personal live on my show now? I uh, thought you already uh, had a significant other. Yeah. I mean... You have a kid with them. I'm going to get personal here, but this could be a little awkward when you get home. The guy listens to the show each week, right? Well, I mean, yes, Cameron does listen to the show, but I'm not looking well, to hook up with anyone. Um, I, I'm trying to contact some of my distant relatives. Spud, I signed up for Ancestry.com last weekend, and I cannot tell you how many relatives I have all over the world. I mean, there are so really? many, I, I don't even okay. know where to start organizing a Maybe, family reunion yeah. for the summer. I well. mean, how cool would that be? Come on, Gina, have you ever seen that cop show? People at family reunions quite often come to blows as you never know which way these things will go. So for God's sakes, just say no. You paid those guys at Ancestry.com? I almost signed up once, but then I thought about how much time and money it would take to send out birthday and Christmas cards, you know, every year to all the Goodmans out there. My dad told me when I was a teenager that the males in our family are very, very fertile. You know, and there were a buttload of us spread out all over the globe. Are you sure you want to get into this, Gina? I mean, have you, has, have you really thought about it? The answer is... I, I mean, it... It is so exciting to discover that you have family that you had no idea about. This company presents an opportunity to make a connection with someone who shares the same genetic pattern. I mean, this you know, same... Gina, I don't, I, I don't have to pay online family tracking companies to fully discover my lineage. Our church is a full-service provider of all questions regarding our ancestors. It, we have state-of-the-art techniques to trace things back to the very origin of planet earth 6,000 years ago game has changed now Yo. in those first couple hundred years after creation information is somewhat sketchy but mormon church computer programs are an effective tool in really? analyzing even one's early background yeah well free sure beats what you know the ancestry people are charging sure, I, sure. I gotta admit that you got a point there yeah I, I guess you must get some services for that tithing deal that's a big chunk of change each month, man. Oh, nonsense. It's our pleasure to tithe. Spud, you should give serious thought to dedicating at least 10% of your income to a cause greater than yourself. Yeah, if no, you it could, only I, makes I common sense. I could check with my No, I already have two visas maxed out. So get back oh. to me, you know, with the info when I get them both back down to a point when I can still use them to charge something. Uh, all right, all right. <laughs> Uh, can I do my shout out for any possible extended family members who might well, be listening now? I, it'll only take a second spot. Nah, how about you hold that thought until a little later in the show, as right now I need to play some music. You know, listening to these old episodes, the ones that were before Dorothy and I came on, well, they're a bit lacking in some respects, like 
There is no dynamic presence in the studio to help out with the charisma deficit on your part. Babe, babe, maybe you should keep that opinion to yourself. Yes, you are now the main attraction for our listeners, but no need to kick sand in Spud's face. Just accept your special gifts, and those are, that's what makes you who you are anyway. Okay, Dorothy, I'll try to be more modest, but it's tough, you know. I will have you both know that we did just fine without you two. I mean, yes, I do appreciate you guys stepping up, you know, when we had to fill both of your positions. But Chance, seriously, I could have picked anyone from like 20 or so interns that applied for your spot when it opened up. How about showing a bit of gratitude for my willingness to let you into the Spud Goodman show world? I mean, not just anybody is allowed in, dude. Then why does your aunt beg me to keep doing this podcast as I do have better things to do now with my time these days? You're really lucky to have her as your designated laugher. I know that, okay? All right? Now, let's get back on track now and keep this discussion to this episode, all right? Let's just focus. Gerald, this might be an appropriate time for you to say a couple words, you know, about Gina trying to locate family members, because as we said back then, you kind of have an unfair advantage in this particular area, you know, being a member of the Mormon church. You can check out people from like, what, centuries ago? Well, not many centuries ago. I, I mean, the Mormon church was founded in 1836. So though everyone knows the earth is 6,000 years old, our faith is somewhat new in earth years. What do we have to do to get you to give our people the truth? Uh, the earth is actually around 3.5 billion years old. Okay. We've had this discussion I know how many times over the years. So we yeah, have. I, mean, I, I know. I, yeah, and I continue to say that our heavenly Father says six thousand years, and that is good enough for me. <laughs> oh my! <laughs> well, not for me, okay, and not for a few other billion people that actually well, can, can use Google. Uh, but l l let's table that discussion and move on to my interview with a man who's almost too funny for my health, as he makes me laugh so hard off and pee just a little bit, you know, while watching him on TV or just listening to him. Now, I have never wet myself when he was on our show, as each time, you know, I, I, I've this has worked out pretty well. Some I thought about before, I, you know, I brought him on. I, I usually do like a high number of Kegels, you know, that exercise right before, you know, we bring him on. And I, I use this technique for many other moments in my life, too. It's just very effective in keeping me dry. That's so hot. Ugh. Can we change the subject here? No one is interested in this topic, Spud, as everyone who listens to your show already knows you pee a lot. Bring on JB, as I am a huge fan, too. Okay, okay. Here is my conversation with him. You know, I, I think at that time I was obsessed, you know, with Larry David committing to do another season of Curb Your Enthusiasm, as it'd been a few years between seasons. You know, I guess, thank God, Larry now, you know, seems to be into doing more episodes for sure. I mean, yeah. So, Dave, run the interview. Hey, please welcome a man who requires no introduction, but will get one anyway, because I can't start an interview without telling listeners a guest's name. Here, let me do this. Please say hello to the one, the only, Mr. J.B. Smooth. What's up? Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. Well, you know, before we start, I should publicly acknowledge something here. Though I am a professional, a veteran talk show host who has interviewed hundreds of guests from the entertainment industry over the years, I am now disclosing the fact that you, J.B. Smoove, are my all-time favorite guest. I know this is inappropriate. It's like parents are not supposed to publicly acknowledge they know which child is their favorite. And I'm breaking probably some sort of industry taboo, but it's the truth. Now I've said it, so we can begin. Uh, yeah, did I make you uncomfortable with that? Not at all, brother. It's, it's cool to break down that wall. There's a wall there that's going to break down. And it's okay to break it down. Uh -huh. You know, I, gotta, I do this all the time when I'm doing hosting charity events or, you know, events for... for galas and that kind of stuff. The first thing I say is, let's not make this about me. You know what I'm saying? So I like to, I like to knock that wall down immediately. You know, some people get a little, you know, when they, when they meet me, I'm, in, I'm so imposing of a character and a figure that they got to get it off their chest. It's okay to get things off your chest, brother. Yeah. Don't, don't be shy about getting it off your chest. 
You All know? right. <laughs> and I just did, and I feel so much better. Yeah, you, you know, I just, I just like having you on the show, man. So, so the world wants to know. It's always the, fun. That's right. Well, the world wants to know the fate of Leon. So I have to at least ask, have you spoken with Larry David on the phone recently about a possible season nine of Curb Your Enthusiasm? Because I guess he doesn't text much, so. You know what? I don't know, man. You know, Larry's a, a, he's a, he's a very fickle animal. You don't know what he's thinking. But I do know he has not told HBO no. So I've heard that from insiders over, over at HBO. He has not said no, but he has not said yes. Well, but I did tell Larry David, I said, you know, um, you know, if you don't come back, you should do a spinoff with Leon. Yeah. And let, Leon, let Leon do his dizzle, you know? Ah. And, and hey, I'm going to tell, tell you something. That's a pretty damn good show title, too. Spinoff, The Fate of Leon. That's pretty, that's pretty cool. Wow, yeah. Well, if, if he hasn't said anything, I'm going to take that as a yes. So he hasn't said no. So, <laughs> All right. Um, well, you're now in season four uh, on your show, Four Courses with J.B. Smoove on the Madison Square uh, Garden Network. I hear you only have one rule with guests on the show, and if, if they violate it, you'll banish them from the dinner table. What is it? Because I always need to brush up on my dinner table manners, you know? Yeah, you should, man. Uh, be careful not to speak open, fully open mouth. Yes. Fully. Uh, don't put food in your pocket. There's a, there's a few of them, man. You know, uh, excuse yourself for the restroom only between shots. Uh, don't eat off anyone's plate. Uh. There's, a, there's a few in there that are pretty darn good. Uh, there's a few good ones, man. Uh, do not take your shoes off under the table or undo your belt. Um, there's a few of them in there, man. A few very good ones and very, very uh, timely ones that I feel like, um, you know, you should carry over into your personal life also. Not just for my show, but you should watch it to gain your edit- get your etiquette up, you know? Yeah, so you're kind of a taskmaster at the dinner table. You pretty much, uh, uh, you run a tight ship is what I'm saying. You have to run a tight ship, man. You want people to look good on camera. You don't want to... Emb- you know what, not only do you not want to embarrass them, you don't want them to embarrass themselves on camera because they people forget they they, they they put their guard down and they almost forget that they're uh, on camera. They 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 you know they they having such a great time at the table with my with, with each other that they forget and start doing things they would normally do in their personal life, which is open their mouth fully, fully open mouth, you know. And, and, it's, and it's my job to get you some great food. So the great food I understand. But, you know, great food requires your mouth to be closed to enjoy all the taste, all your taste buds activate. Oh, I did you not know mouth, this. Huh. When you open your mouth fully, you diminish the taste buds to go down a certain, certain amount, a percentage amount of taste. Wow. Down. All right. I just wrote yeah, that down. I had no idea. Damn. All write right. that down, brother. Write that down. All write right. That down. Well, as you only eat at five-star restaurants in New York for the show, you must be really spoiled when you have to eat on your own time. How's that? You know what I do? I treat my I treat my house just like I treat going to a five-star restaurant. You know, I set the table really nice. You know, I put a suit on. I cross my leg over wow. my right over my left leg. Yeah, I don't put my elbows on the table. I don't lean. I don't crouch. You know what I'm saying? I don't talk my mouth full. And, and I, I try to carry it over into my personal life. Well, can I ask if you now demand an after-dinner drink, even at home? Like, you know, do, like they, I think they call them cordials or some cognac. Do you have people serving you and stuff? Or? No, you know what? Sometimes I forget that it's my house, and I'll raise my hand like, some of those, like, like, like a waiter would show up, but they never show up. So I, I forget sometimes I'm, I'm at home and I'm not in a restaurant, so i got to get up and make my own damn drink. Right. Well, as we discussed the last time you were on, uh, the major perk of doing this particular show, it's an eating show, is you get to take home the doggy bags for yourself. So what I'm saying is you really need to do what's necessary to keep this show on the air until you hit Medicare age because then they have that free Meals on Wheels thing they got. So can you keep it on that long? Right. I can keep it on that long. And here's the good thing about it. The meal is always on me, so until that said happens, the meal is still on me. So you, so you treat, I treat you like you're old as hell anyway. You know, because the, the meal is on me anyway. You get a free meal regardless. You know? oh. So I'm treating you as though you're old and, and, you know, and you're getting that benefit because I'm preparing you for your next life, your next part of your life, your extended part of your life, which is getting a free meal. You right. Super. So that's how I treat everybody. 
Well, I just we're just concerned. We want to keep this show on forever because we love you. Is there anything my listeners can do to help, like bury M- the MSG network with uh, you know fan letters? Is all I'd want out of it, maybe you know a piece of leftover cheesecake or some truffles, and you could FedEx them to me. So I mean, we're easy. So just let us know if there's anything we can do to make sure this thing stays on the air forever. Only thing we can do here is you know keep right keep writing the show. If you enjoy the show, if you're catching the show uh, on any of your platforms, it's amazing. Hopefully we'll get to syndicate the show out soon. We have over 40 episodes already taped already. Some amazing guests, you know, this season alone has, has hit the ball. You know, Bernie Williams and Chris Rock, uh, Michael K. Williams, Rocco Despirito, uh, Adam Richman. We had Sway. We had, we had a bunch of amazing guests this season. You know, Bill Lambeer. You know, I mix it up oh, a little bit wow. with the comedians, with the, with the actors, with the sports stars. And, you know, it's been an amazing season already. So, and I would love the show to continue. You know, let's see what happens. You know, maybe maybe we can get this show syndicated around the country so people can really see the magnitude. And 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 also, I'll turn you on to something fabulous, which is etiquette, which is which is which is class, which is uh, uh, getting together with good friends, good food, and good fun yeah. all at one table. You know, I like people to pull their feet up to the front of the TV. And enjoy the meal also. You well, know? you're a teacher. I mean, that's why you're my favorite guest because I learned so much yes, from you. Indeed. So, well, you have to learn stuff. Yeah, exactly. Well, let me hit you with this one. If if JB Smoove could jump into a time machine and hang out with any president from the first days of this country to now, who would it be? Any any particular president? Ooh, you know, uh, I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan of Lincoln. I like the style. Yeah, he's a good man. Um, I, 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 I always wanted to grow a good beard. Yeah. Um, so it's a few things in it that I, I would love to, uh, you know, to 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 talk to him about. You know, um, you know, if I if I was around that time, maybe I would have stopped the assassination. Maybe you know. Yeah. Uh, I would have stopped it. You know. That would've been pretty cool. Because I, 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 I do love the fashions uh, of back then, the long, uh, the long, uh, the long coats and the and the stock. Those stovepipe hats would be pretty cool, beard. don't you think? The stove pipe. Oh man! Very Come cool. on, man! Yeah. You, you think you think I want to look good in that kind of? Oh yeah, you you'd kill it. Absolutely. No? If I may, Spud. Yes. Well, after listening to your interview with JB here, I would suggest maybe you want to ask him about his time. Did I your... ask for suggestions? Oh man! Am I not a professional well, who has many many years as a talk show host? I, I'm not insinuating this is your first rodeo, but... Well, so I, why do people who have never rode a bucking horse or a bull use that cliché statement? I would bet 0.02% of the world's population have ever actually participated in a sanctioned rodeo. So the truth is, for most everyone on the face of the earth, the first rodeo they entered would be technically their first. Now let me get back to JB if you don't mind. Okay, okay. All right, JB, sorry about that, I'm back. I'm good to go always, brother. Huh? I was kind of thinking of Zachary Taylor. He's, uh, you know, he only lasts like a year in office when he kicked the bucket. So, you know, if it was really boring, it could only, you know, it'd only be like 12 months. But you picked the best. I mean, yeah, I, I sh- should have went with Lincoln. Of course, you know, you're J.B. Smoove, and I'm Spud Goodman, so that explains Smooth, that. You know, a lot of people would like to know what J.B. Smoove watches on TV when you have a moment to relax, besides Sports Center. you know, maybe when you're on the road at your hotel. Any shows that would surprise people? Oh, sure, man. The one show that I do love, you know, which, which I'm, I'm, in, I'm watching right now, matter of fact, um, it's called The Walking Dead, of course. Because oh. I, I'm, I'm a big zombie guy. I think I heard you of know, that. I do know, I do know it's a possibility that if the wrong person gets in office, the zombie apocalypse could happen. That's yeah. what I'm trying to tell you. Yeah. Be careful. Learn yeah. to, get your zombie skills up. Get your zombie skills up because the zombie apocalypse could be on the horizon. I'm trying to tell you right now. I watch that show not just for entertainment purposes, but I also watch that show to, to, to keep my skills, my, my, my zombie skills up. You know, what a zombie would do in this situation, what zombies like to eat, you know, what zombies smell, what attracts them to you, you know, different things like that, you know. Well, last question, because I know you, you got stuff to do. What's the one thing J.B. Smoove still wants to do in his career? I'm sort of using a third-person reference on your behalf there. Is you're that big of a star to me, man, so... Hey, the third person thing works for me all the time. I, I consider myself, I consider myself, sometimes I talk to myself in the third person. You know, sometimes I talk about the third person, and sometimes I, I will sit here and have a conversation with the third person from the second person Super. and the first person. All right. 
right. So uh, the things I do, I do feel like I wish that. And now we're talking about the, 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 the third person. Maybe there's a way of separating yourself so you can spread yourself around. That way people don't have to talk about the third person. You can be about the third person and allow the third person to do whatever the third person wants to do outside the first person's life and the first person world. So you're not interrupting anything the first person is doing and allow the third person, as opposed to just being spoken about, have the third person be about it. You know what I mean? I just told my, you know, my co-host over here, I just saying that, you know, any network could just give you seven days a week, toss you a microphone, and they'd be good. That's kind of what I, my, that's my take on J.B. Smooth. I think that'd be so awesome, man. You know, uh, you know, I would love to do something like that. I think, I think, uh, I think I I I have a great time doing it. I think I would really enjoy it. All right. Super. Um, I I, I would love to dive into late night. You know, I'm going to put it out there. You know, I got I, I do have a few late night offers on the table, so let's really? see what happens. Oh wow! All right, well I won't jinx maybe you. I, I won't maybe ask. Maybe I will further. dive in there. Huh. Maybe right. I will dive in there. Yeah. All right. Well, we can only hope. Let's our our, our listeners are will be uh, crossing our fingers. Whatever they got to do to make that happen. All right. Well, now you got to go. So I just want to thank you, JB, for coming back on the show. You again, my all-time favorite guest, Mr. JB Smooth. Always, brother. We'll see you soon. Spud, you have never allowed me to refer to myself in the third person. When I've done so, you've jumped on me for it. And it seems that you have a double standard with JB and I. Uh, Of course I do. I mean, JB has attained the the status and privilege of referring, you know, to himself in any fashion he wishes. He is JB freaking smooth. And you are Gerald Holcomb, a temporary co-host. Well, a temporary permanent co-host. Yeah, JB and I both have earned the right to refer to ourselves in the third person, but I myself have chosen to avoid that practice. It's a bit pretentious. Good call, yo. Oh, honey, you are one of the most centered and down-to-earth men I have ever met. You are so special. I don't know how down-to-earth your fiancé really is, Aunt Dorothy. I mean, he wears that I Heart Chance t-shirt, you know, some fan sent him. He wears it all the time. I, that's uh, frankly offensive. I had that t-shirt made for Chance, just a token of my love for him. Oh, really? Well, you know, that, that makes me feel a little bit better as, as no fans have ever sent me a I Heart Spud shirt. I know that. I mean, uh, our show does have, have a bunch of t-shirts for sale at our website store. You know, I guess, I guess I could have them make one of those up for me, but you know, I, one thing I do know, I could never wear one out in public like he does. What, I would just maybe sleep in I it say? at night or wear it around my apartment. What can I say? I can well, pull it off well. Yeah, whatever. Anyway, now let's move on to my interview and the performance of our musical guest on this episode, Cloud Person. Uh, Dave, hit it. All right, musical guest interview time. Please welcome our musical guest, Cloud Person. I now need all members of Cloud Person to publicly state their name, instrument, and blood type just in case of an emergency. <laughs> I'm, I'm Pete. I play guitar and sing. I have no idea what my blood type is. I'll probably die if I have trouble. <laughs> I'm Cameron. I play bass and I sing backups. I, I'm the most common blood type, whatever that is. I'm Mike. I play lead guitar. And uh, yeah, I got blood. Super. <clears throat> all right. I'm, I'm Steve. I play drums. And I have no idea what my blood type is. <laughs> Ooh, am I? <laughs> I'm Mikkel. I play keys. I'm proud to be an O. All right. <laughs> finally. Okay. Well, the history of Cloud Person. What is the VH1 behind-the-scenes story on the rise of the band? Any juicy stories? Anything at all? Uh, lots of knife fights. Okay. Cameron does heroin all the time. <laughs> okay. yeah, it, it's, it was a solo thing, then it was a folk thing, and now we're a psychedelic rock thing. Yeah. All right. A little flexible. I like. Yeah. Good. Okay. Uh, well, what's the band's position on TPP? Uh, that Trans-Pacific <laughs> Partnership. It's that trade deal that might cause a lot of more jobs to go overseas. I don't know myself. I just Googled it. I probably should know about it before I asked you. But do you guys have any idea? That's what started most of the knife fights we have. Okay. There you go. <laughs> so, There's always a reason behind knife fights. Yeah. You just, well. Okay. All right. Super. Uh, well, may I ask what the favorite fruit of Cloud Person is? 
Oh, banana. Is there a consensus? Dude, Why banana? banana. <laughs> the shape, the ease of the peel. The shape, Cameron, the shape. <laughs> so there's no... Hey, oh. A Kelly File exclusive. No division in the band? Or it's unanimous? I'm an apple guy. We talk about right, apples a go. lot. We, we are fans of Honeycrisp. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Yes. Super. Good choice. I was going to say banana, too. So I right. got three bananas. All right. Well, <laughs> what is the name of the first song? Uh, it's Throne. Okay. Well, let's do it. So now we're going to try to get back to the conversation about Gina trying to get a handle, you know, on her family tree. She was attempting to use our show to reach out to her relatives for a possible family reunion, which I felt was maybe a violation of federal law or something. Uh, Dave? How about now, Spud? It won't uh, take long. I, I sort of wrote up something last night. It's only a page and a half. I will talk a really page fast. page and a half? 
Are you serious? Do, yeah. do you want to put the few people who are still wide awake into a deep sleep here? <laughs> I'm already having to try and counteract Mr. Temporary Co-host over here. <laughs> well, te- temporary permanent. And I, I know I know you speak in jest, Spud, but yes, Gina, a long personal address during the program will bring things to a halt momentum-wise. Couldn't this better be done on an online statement like on uh, Facebook? Facebook? Yeah. How old do you think my relatives are? I mean, I'm guessing most of them are pretty young as, you know, adults in my family don't age well. Hmm. I mean, witness my bucket list countdown in process. Uh, Why do you think I first reached out to the local Juggalos? I mean, they have such a zest for life. Hey, yeah, can I ask about that Juggalo thing? What's the average lifespan of a Juggalo? Like, late 30s? If you must know Spud, according to Wikipedia, juggalos are an endangered species, and lab tests conducted on feces samples indicate their main food source ingested is Reese's Pieces. Reese's Pieces? You can't make this stuff up. I have no idea... Uh, all I do know is that they live life to the fullest, and well, you have to respect that. Hmm. Really? Hmm. Well, okay, maybe a little bit. You know, I have no respect for that crappy soda they drink, Fago. It must shave a few years off their life for sure. You know, from what I've read from our church literature, Spud, Fago is entirely permissible. Because well, some are 100% caffeine free. Sure, it leaves one with a bit of a bad aftertaste, but yeah. it's not horrible, and it's priced very reasonably. Right? Yeah. Thank you, Gerald. You're welcome. It di- it just takes a while to develop a craving for it. So, can I do my statement now, Spud? I promise I'll no. make it Look, quick. Look, I'm okay with you doing it, but I think our next guest is on the line, ready to go. Mr. Temporary Co-host, please verify. Oh, yeah, the temporary permanent. And, uh, yeah, I'm being told your next guest... You know, Spud, listening to this now, I kind of feel you were a little unfair to Gina. I, I mean, what would it have been the harm in letting her use her platform on the show to communicate with family members out there. You know, to attend the family reunion event that she wanted to put on. God knows she wasn't making much money as a designated laugher. It was the least you could do. Yeah, he's right there. The only reason I'm doing this gig is the fact that we're family. I have basically been an unpaid volunteer on your show, Spud. Maybe that's the big factor in us getting together as we both had that issue in common. You as a volunteer and me as an unpaid intern. Um, I think, um, it'd be, um, actually... Of course, we have a lot more in common now as we've gotten to know each other better. I mean, now you are the love of my life. Oh, and you are the love of my life too, Chance. Okay, okay, I've, I've heard enough lovey-dovey stuff. Uh, maybe you two should just, like, go get a room after this podcast recording. Oh, no, no, no need for that. I'll be driving Chance back to his parents' house later, and my Honda Civic allows us ample room for, oh, you know, romance. It can get a bit cramped at times, but we have been able to deal with it. After the wedding, Dorothy, I really think we should test drive a Tesla Model X. It's not much bigger than your Honda, but it sure is faster. Okay, that's a good idea. Um, Hey, the only way I would ever get into a Tesla uh, is if someone took off the logo and every other connection to the brand of Elon Musk. He is such a dick. Okay, let's just move on to my interview with Academy Award winning actor, the late William Hurt, who passed away. Uh, in March of 2022. Uh, He was and is a legend as an actor, and he spent some time chatting with me about, you know, stuff. Uh, Dave, run the interview. Please welcome actor William Hurt to the show. Thanks for calling in. We appreciate it. But who's we? Uh, Myself. (laughs) Well, actually, my co-host who's uh, off to the side, but I don't allow him to speak. So, Um, all right. Well, you are currently starring in the Esquire Network's new dramatic series, Beowulf, now airing on Saturdays at 10 p.m., Eastern, 9 Central, correct? Mm-hmm. Yes, that is very correct. All right, I, my research is accurate. That's good to know. Well, you play the character Rothgar, King of the Danes, and this takes place, you know, a while back, what, the 8th or 9th century? Yeah, about 1,200 years ago. Man, all right, all right. Well, and, uh, well, well no, well, it's, I mean, that, that's the setting. Um, that's when the original was written, 
and and that's when the the story was first conceived. This iteration of it, this version of it, is <laughs> is modernized. You're not going to hear them speaking as they spoke. Well, that's well, that's oh, because I was thinking it'd be so cool because everyone would address address you as uh, your excellency or my lord or that, that would have been so cool. They don't do that. Uh, it's a different. I mean, that 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 pretension didn't really start until after the medieval age. Until, right. well, until during the medieval times, and both. So, Beowulf was written before, long before the medieval period began. Really, I got to write that down because uh, I did not know that. That's incredible. Yeah, uh, yeah. I think it was the Iron Age. Ah, okay. But it wasn't. So, and and the Iron Age came after the Bronze Age. So, right. it, was, it was very early on. What's what's staggering about it is how phenomenally, fantastically imaginative it is. It is, and how long ago it was written. People usually think that things are old or boring. Right. This is old and anything anything but boring. All right, that's that's good to hear. All right, well, let me touch just a brief bit on your impressive career. Obviously, everyone's aware of it, but I gotta at least at least go there for a second. I mean, you won an Academy Award for your role in *Kiss of the Spider Woman*. You also were nominated for three other films: *Children of a Lesser God*, *Broadcast News*, and *History of Violence*. You know, you, you, I would say your choice of work is varied to say the least. Um, I mean, is there is there any kind of role that makes you uncomfortable? Because you seem to be able to be willing to uh, to take on anything. The thing that makes me uncomfortable is being asked to do something that's less than my capacity, or or less than anybody's capacity. <laughs> like, I mean, what it does bother me to be invited to a project to do something that someone thinks I've done before. Uh, it it, it kind of means it kind of means that they're living in an idea of themselves that's already in the past. Oh uh, yeah, and, yeah. and they want and they want to and they and they want to include me in that idea. And I don't. And I'm like, oh, wait a second, guys. You know, life is so short. Why not be alive now? Well, you know, in terms of your roles, I have to say this: as a lost in space guy, I'm appreciative that you did that movie, as I've spent decades taking crap from family and friends <laughs> for preferring that TV show over Star Trek. Never fear, Smith is here. Thank you, sir. I love. Things. I mean, I love the idea of. We had a little bit of a, there were some snags we ran into along the way. Danger, Will Robinson. But I just worked with Steve Hopkins. I mean, I, I just worked with him on Race. Oh, oh yeah. Jesse Young. Heard it was Same great. Director. We had a, we had, and we had a wonderful, we had a wonderful time. Super. Well, in 2010, you played former Treasury Secretary Henry Paulson in the HBO movie Too Big to Fail. So I've got to ask you this. Do you have a take on why all the ex-Goldman Sachs bigwigs continually are given the keys to oversee our economy? Did you get any insight on what special powers these masters of the universe have? Well, that's a spooky way to talk about something that, that for which there's an answer that's pretty... Um, I think... I, I look, I look I, I'm not the guy to ask, but... Um, but I think there's an answer that's a lot more, um, you know, level-headed than that. I, I believe that one of the reasons Dartmouth produced really great people was because they concentrated on a culture of um, leadership. Uh-huh. And, and, I, and if you take a look at, if you really were to look, open a book that is about Goldman Sachs, and read a history of Goldman Sachs, the people who um, originated it, who built it up, who continue it. Um, I think you'd be pretty interested to see what what they thought their task was, what they what they think their 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 goal in life is. Uh, and I think you'd be interested that a lot of these people, a lot of their goals, it isn't just to go out and make money rapidly, like, uh, If I know. may interject here. What? Um, Spud, 
asking William Hurt, one of our greatest American actors of this generation, if he had any insight as to why our government continues to bring in ex-Goldman Sachs officials to oversee our economy, it's maybe inappropriate. You know, he's not in the financial industry. Yeah, but he played a treasury secretary. Right. You know, I just wanted to know if he could explain to me why are guys from that particular bank the chosen ones? It's interesting to me. I hope I didn't annoy him too much with this one. Um, I think you've seen too many movies about that financial meltdown in 2008. You are now well, overly suspicious about the banking industry. Yes, I am. Well, so could I ask William a question about one of his movies? I particularly enjoyed Body Heat. It's a very risque movie, but quite exhilarating. Uh, listen, as Body Heat was a great movie, but I don't think it could be described as risque. Uh, there really wasn't that much skin in it, really compared to what's on the screen nowadays. Well, it had about as much sex as the wife and I could comfortably handle. So, can I ask William if he... The answer is no, and if I let you ask him a question now, where will that lead? Pretty soon, you'll be demanding the name of the show be The Spud Goodman Show with Gerald Holcomb? That's not going to happen. It's not the right way to go. Well, now that you've brought this up for discussion, I would like to suggest that be considered as yeah. I am at your side each okay. week. This conversation I is over. Okay. Um, well, William, you have a pilot's license. Do you ever just like jump in a plane and fly somewhere to catch a movie at some cineplex if it's not shown in your area? I never. I don't jump into a role thoughtlessly, and I don't jump into airplanes thoughtlessly. All right. Well, that's uh, for the record. All right. I stopped flying a while back, but because I wasn't, I wasn't able to stay well enough uh, prepared for it. You really, you don't want to drive an airplane unless you are. Unless it's a glove and you put your hand in it. And oh. you have to train your hand. So. I'll write that down because I'd like to fly someday. You know, or at least maybe in first class before I actually yeah. become a pilot. But yeah. Uh, well, last question. Uh, last question because uh, I know you got to go. Um, so what's been your most memorable moment in the film? If you could just, you know, throw out just one film, maybe what was your most memorable uh, experience? Well, I mean, I've had an amazing... <laughs> I've had an amazing ride. Well, all I can say, William, is you give great interview, if I might say that. This is, uh, I've really enjoyed this. Uh, <laughs> I really very much appreciate you uh, coming on the show, okay? And I appreciate you having me. Thank you very much. All right. The movie world really misses uh, the presence of William. He was one of our greats. There's That's not debatable. I mean, there there are so many other questions now that I would have liked to have asked him. Yes one of our finest actors. He could do anything on the screen. Yeah, you know, I really wish I could have jumped in to ask just a quick question or two myself, but... But, you know, that would not have been cool, okay? Even me asking him questions was, was borderline inappropriate. So, yeah. So let, let's move on to my conversation with our show's resident psychic, Ted Marr. I hit him up about the sex lives of ghosts, uh, as you know, I, I might be one someday, maybe soon. I hope not. But, you know, because when I do kick the bucket, my plan is to hang around a bit, you know, after I'm gone, you know, because being a ghost isn't as good as being alive. But it but it seems like it might be the next best thing. Uh, Dave, roll the segment. Please welcome back to the show our very own psychic, Mr. Ted Marr. How are you doing tonight, Ted? <laughs> Fine, but it's really good to talk to you. All right. Well, I've been wanting to ask you this question, but was a little embarrassed. But here goes. Do ghosts have sex? I'm sure hope so, because I will be one probably pretty soon, given my daily diet of Hostess Pies and Mountain Dew. <laughs> they are all laughing on the other side. You're great. They really love your shows, bud. Right. Um, I like that. Well, the, se the sex life actually. Let me let me give you a little little bit of background. The, the sex life is, of course, in this third dimension, and there's certain things that you can do only in this third dimension, and that's including having sex or making love to someone you really care, hopefully care about and 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 cherish. Um, when you when you pass on into the higher dimensions. Um, it's different. There's, there's no really, there's a physicality that's just as real as the physicality here in this dimension here. But they don't have sex in the same way that that we have it here in this in this third dimension. Oh. Um, for example, 
give someone a hug, you can only do that in the third dimension. And, and, and in the fifth dimension, thoughts are things. So when you love someone, instead of having sex with them or make love to them, per se, you, you send them lots of love and light. And that's why spirits love it when you, when you can send lots of love and light to them. But the sex appears... There's certain things that you can only do in the third dimension, and that's why we reincarnate this this dimension so we can experience that. I think maybe I might be more into like the 18th dimension because that sounds like it might be a little more fun. But let me ask you this: Can you pick which ghost you can sleep with? Because if so, I have B. Arthur at the top of my list, as I've always had a thing for the mature type, and and also one at a time for sure, as that beats that 70 virgin thing that some are into. Is I never could understand why a guy would want to sleep with so many inexperienced women. It makes no sense. Um, Spud. That is a yes. very inappropriate question to ask a psychic. Necrophiliacs are not healthy individuals. Sex with ghosts? Really? Ghost sex is not necrophilia, okay? Uh, I googled it, so butt out on this one. Well, very well, but if it's not technically necrophilia, it's darn close, so I would advise you to steer clear of this topic. And that is why you are the co-host and not the host. People want to know this kind of stuff, so let me get back to Ted. Zip it. So you can do at least be have sex one at a time, right? When you make when you make love or, or have sex with someone here in this in this dimension, you actually leave part of your soul energy with that person, and they do the same with you too. That's why if oh. that's why if you have lots of partners, what happens then is that your soul energy gets mixed up with so many people, it can drive you to, to insanity. <laughs> so uh, what I hear you saying then is there is going to be some action on the other side. That's, that's something that uh, I can hold on to, I guess, and uh, you know, it'll be a little bit easier when I'm, uh, I'm saying my final words. I think the merging of two souls and through love is, is probably the most beautiful experience you can have in this third dimension. When you pass over that dimension, but you do share a lot of love, because love is the most important uh, force in the universe. All right, super. Well, there you have it, Mr. Ted Marr, in this Out of This World segment. Uh, we'll talk again, Ted. You take it easy. Spud, if you think having sex outside of marriage as a ghost would be acceptable to God... You you are wrong. I know you might be trying to avoid his wrath by utilizing a technicality, as I mentioned regarding necrophilia on this episode, but a sin is a sin, regardless of whether you're a ghost or not. I don't believe having ghost sex is a sin, dude. Well, I mean, you've already kicked the bucket. What's the worst that God can do to you? I mean, striking me dead would not be an option for him. Shut up. That's a good point, Spud. Well, I myself don't feel having sex with someone you love, regardless if you are married or not, is wrong. If so, then very few people would ever make it to heaven, as they call it. Well, I and my wife will, Mrs. Jarvitz. We have already booked our tickets, so to speak. Uh, that will be our payoff for waiting for God's blessing at our wedding. I don't think Dorothy or I will be getting blessed by God at our wedding. I'm having a buddy I play hacky sack with handle the duties of marrying us. He got one of those certificates on the internet, and he's doing it for free. Well, you get what you pay for, Chance, you know. I bet that guy will probably screw up the ceremony, though, you know. And the upside of that is maybe that'll allow my aunt to later annul the marriage, you know, uh, on, maybe on a possible technicality or something, you know, when she comes to her senses later. I don't think it's going to happen. Yeah, that's not going to happen, Spud. You need to give up your pipe dream that Dorothy will bail on our marriage. And don't even think about doing something stupid at our wedding to sabotage it. I know I'll have some friends keep their eyes on you until it's over. Uh, paranoid much? Okay, let, let's go to the closing segment of this episode. Uh, Gina was still bugging me to let her make a plea to, to the relatives, the Gorskis. You know, she was unable to contact about her reunion event. Uh, Dave, uh, roll it. Okay, so the show is almost yeah. over, and I haven't had a chance to do my shout-out to the possible relatives who could be listening. I know, I know, but what are the chances anyone related to you could possibly be listening to this show? I, I know our demographics really well, and frankly, I just don't think... You know, think like I said earlier, Gina, there are much more effective ways to trace your family tree. If you would like to speak with our church elders about this, I can guarantee you it, you would be brought aware of all family members, even your distant, once or twice removed ones. Oh, shut up. <laughs> 
Yeah, but would I have a, I have to join the church, right? I, I'm not, I'm Methodist. Oh, well, yeah, yeah, this service is only for church members. You know, if we opened it up to everyone, we'd be buried with questions to find lost great uncles and aunts around the globe. Well, look, just go ahead, Gina, and say something. You got like 15 seconds. Okay, cool. So, if any Gorskis are out there right now listening, I would love for you to contact me. So, just shoot me an email here at the Spud Goodman Show at gmail.com and let me know if you could make our family a reunion. I'm planning. I okay. I don't have a picnic area yet reserved, but mm-hmm. I plan to soon, and it will be potluck. Hopefully, not everyone will Super. bring potato salad, though. I mean, ugh. a nice casserole would be nice, and desserts, of course. And I myself would love any kind of berry pie and oh beverages you could you can't go wrong with Fago. No, and, I, I, hey, I never did get your last name, uh, Gorski, huh? Gorski? I, I had no idea. Dinner was over hours ago. Let, let me close the show though, okay? Hey, hey, Gina, if I could suggest a surefire party pleaser, mince meat pie. It's much more tasty than any of the berry pies. Gerald. Mince meat pie? Are you freaking serious, guy? We know you are not high, so leave the dessert talk to those who know what to buy. Yeah, okay. I think I have the menu deal covered, but thanks. Really? Mince meat? What the yeah. hell kind of pie is that? They don't sell those at Costco. <laughs> well, well, I, I could have my lovely wife bake you one and bring it in next week. Ew. They are my favorite for Look, sure. Again, it's not all about you, okay? Oh. All right, this is Spud Goodman. Be all that you can be. You know, I don't remember Gina telling us how her family reunion went. She never mentioned it to me back then. I hope all the Gorskis had a wonderful time. Uh, she did tell me it did not go off very well, okay? I, I guess oh. it was her and a couple distant cousins that actually showed up. Because she had res- reserved like a really big site at a park, one that could handle up to 150 or so people. She, I mean, yeah, I mean, she was really bummed. Uh, especially as she bought enough hot dogs for an army. I, I remember she asked me if I wanted any to put in my freezer, but I don't do hot dogs. Not after I read what goes into them for sure. Spud, you're a pussy. Hot dogs are great. Dorothy always makes me pigs with and without a blanket when I go to her house. They might be the most amazing food ever. Oh, yes. Chance does love his hot dogs no matter how I prepare them. They're a little too high in sodium for me, though, so I try to eat them sparingly. Hmm, okay. Yeah, you know what? There is nothing more American than a hot dog. Spud, <clears throat> your Marxist leanings are now in control of your eating habits, and that is disturbing. Real Americans, true patriots, all eat hot dogs. Uh, just because you know, I think hot dogs are nasty doesn't make me Che Guevara. I mean, I like hot dog buns. You know, I buy them and, and make peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. You know, it's, they're pretty tasty. Well, all, all I know about family reunions is the one thing that they all have are hot dogs. They are mandatory, in my opinion. I hope Gina was able to put all of her you know, all of her hot dogs to good use. And, you know, I really, I I need to contact her to see how she's doing. Maybe I'll look her up on Facebook. Uh, dude, uh, she told me the second week she began working on the show that, that she had blocked you on Facebook and every other social media site she was on. I mean, I can tell you this now. Uh, she, she said you creeped her out. That is messed up, yo. Me? Uh, Nonsense. Uh, Gina was very fond of me. I, no, I don't believe I you, never Spud. met Gina. She was gone before I started interning here, but I buy it. You do tend to creep out women, and men too, I, I guess. Do. Oh, I always believe the women when they voice that they are uncomfortable around someone. Gerald, you really are one strange man. Yeah, I, I, I know you're speaking in jest, Mrs. Jarvitz, as you and I are close friends. <laughs> um, again, don't misinterpret uh, those you work with as being your friends, too. Uh, that's a pretty big leap of faith. Um, you know, we, we can discuss this further on another, you know, another episode or whatever. Uh, I just need to wrap up things now as I, as I have a ton of chores to get done, like my bi-monthly folding of clothes, uh, the garbage bags full of my stuff, you know, aren't going to fold themselves. So <clears throat> I am Spud Goodman. Be all that you can be. And I mean that. God bless and ciao. Bye-bye. 
I'm really looking forward to the wedding and moving into Dorothy's places. I hate to fold clothes. My mom makes me do it now that I'm engaged, but she thinks it'll prepare me for marriage, but Dorothy folds clothes so much better than I do, so she'll be handling this duty when the time comes. Oh, I don't mind folding clothes. I kind of enjoy it. You know, my wife and I equally divide up our household chores. I handle the laundry, the cooking, the house cleaning, and making the kids' lunches for school. And she supervises the overall operation. We're a good team. No, you haven't. You're a lion dog face pony soldier. Uh, if you say so. Uh, I'm out of here now. Uh, later. We should be going, too. Let's go, honey. Right behind you, Dorothy. Oh, uh, Dave, can you hear me in the control room? Yeah. What do you want? Would you be interested in hearing a presentation about becoming financially independent? You, you know, becoming your own boss? Being an entrepreneur is the ultimate American dream. Don't you think it will only take a couple of hours of your time? And I can drive you if need be. Uh, I'm supposed to bring five to ten of my closest friends to this seminar, and I would love that to... That would be a hard no for me. Now, please exit the studio as we are locking up. Yeah. Sure, but uh, you know, you know what? If you change your mind, just give me a call. You you have my home phone number, right? If not, then I'm in the phone book. My landline it won't let me text, so you're gonna have to dial me up. But I'm looking forward to your call, Dave. Really. Good night. The Spud Goodman Radio Show is written and directed by Spud Goodman, executive producer Lori Madsen, produced by David Brenneman of Rosedale Audio Productions, original music by Michael Spots and Tom Harmon, video director T.J. Pites, on-air talent Rob McGee, Annie Coleman, and Tom Nolan, production assistants Trent Botello and Carrie Coleman, Spud's Greek chorus is The Folk Singers in Hell. Live music production and broadcast engineering by Mike Renville at the facilities of NWCZ Radio. Promotional services and support provided by Big Freak Media, Seattle's only rock and roll publicist. Opinions expressed on this show do not reflect those of the station, the sponsors, or any living person except Spud Goodman. Copyright 2016 Spud Goodman Productions. David Brenneman speaking. So we're going to work very, very hard. I'm so honored by this evening. If you would have told me on June 16th, when I was with my wife, Melania, and we came down the escalator in Trump Tower, and it looked literally, well, a little bit like this. And it takes courage to run. I'll tell you what, it takes a lot of courage to run for president. Uh, I've never done this before. This is something I've never done. But I felt we had to do it. When you look at the incompetence of the... Inside the Spud Goodman Radio Show podcast, copyright 2023, Spud Goodman Productions.